we're just uh, using our savings at the moment. We are both full time, and uh, and so it's uh, tricky times. But we're very committed. We believe that there is a, a need, um, and we think that we are hopefully on the cusp of signing up the first few pilot customers. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Carola Canavesio. She is the founder, co-founder of a company called Data Buddy. They're growing fast. And one of the things that they're focused on uh, is really helping uh, folks uh, on the machine learning side of business. They founded the company in 2020. Before that, she was born in a family of entrepreneurs, started young selling ads for her local yearbook, and then spent 12 years in Johnson & Johnson at sales, marketing, sales management before moving to the software business for a machine learning startup. Again, started Data Buddy with her co-founder, in August of 2020. Carla, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, let's go for it. All right, so what does the product do? Yeah, so it helps business and financial controllers uh, minimize the time they spend gathering data for their reports. Okay, and there's a machine learning element component to this, I see. At the moment, no. At the moment, the machine learning could be an aspect and a feature that we add in the future. I think the machine learning was more in my past that the machine learning software used to sell. But... um, now it's around searching and filtering and extracting data from multiple data sources. And what sorts of data sources are you relying on mostly? So, you know, our, our customers need data from their uh, ERPs. They need local file data. They might need data from APIs. It could be, you know, it could be Forex data. It could be weather data. It just depends on the sector. Okay, but where, I mean, are they attaching these data sources to your platform via an API? What APIs have you built out? No, so, so you would, is, that's right, we connect, that's something that we could do, or they can actually do it themselves. Uh, of course, every API would have to be built specifically for that industry, and then at a certain point, you just have the API ready to be connected. Um, but, you know, in terms of connecting to the ERP, it's pretty simple. You have a few keys, you know, keys and passwords that you need to connect, and that's it. Which ERP, I guess what I'm asking is when you look at your current user base, which right. ERP, right, are you mostly getting pulling data from? Yeah, at the moment, you know, uh, we are talking to customers. We're um, probably going to have the next couple of a pilot customers dropping in the next couple of weeks and months. It does not matter, Nathan. So it could be Sapana, it could be Oracle. It does not matter. What, uh, um, so it's for any ERP. 
Okay. Doesn't it matter though? I mean, you have limited development resources and all of them have different APIs you have to build API integrations for. So it does matter because you have to prioritize your API roadmap. Yeah, I think I think it will actually depend on the customers we have, you know. So if the, if, if it depends on the order of the customers, I think it doesn't really. So wh- whoever is the first, second, third, fourth, you know, customer, then we will develop with them initially. So it will be a slow development in terms of um uh, we need to have a base of ERPs initially, and that will probably take a while. But once you have that base, then it's very easy to roll out to all our customers. So you're in this beautiful moment where you're pre-revenue. You've got some folks that you're learning from. No one's paying yet. What do you right. talk to me about? How you built your waitlist and what you're learning from your waitlist? Yeah. So um, we find that this particular group is actually very happy to talk to us. So I've interviewed personally about sixty controllers so far. Um, and it's been a combination of connections through the incubator we're in, um, as well as directly link, uh, connecting with them on LinkedIn and then calling them. Um, and they've been yeah, extremely generous with their time. And uh, it's been very reassuring because the problem that we see comes up 100% of the time. So on LinkedIn, when you're figuring out who to reach out to, you're searching for the word, the job title controller, what niche, what space, how do you narrow down? doesn't matter. Okay. So just the word controller. Yeah, and then you know the titles vary. You know, so it could be you usually usually find that group controllers and senior controllers have um, more have authority to kind of you know decide to, to look for a solution, and also um, might have a, a greater overview of the back end, and that way you know they they understand the issue that we're discussing. Now, have you guys written any code for the product yet? And if so, what year did you write that first line of code? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my co-founder is about 70% of the MVP finished, if you can ever say anything is finished, but uh, he's 70% of the way there. And and so you launched, he started writing code last year or this year? So probably around December. Okay, got it. So so coding in sort of 2020, 70% of the and, way there. And the, well, it was really December, so almost yeah. 2021, yeah. Yeah, fair, fair. And so how are, you know, you guys have gone five months here with no revenue. This is a, this is the, the crossing the chasm moment for any entrepreneur. You sort of quit safety, you jump into your own thing. And the big question is, how do you pay your bills during these sorts of months where you're ramping up? How are yeah. you managing that as a founder? No, no, we're just uh, using our savings at the moment. We are both full-time doing this full-time. And, uh, and so, um, yeah, it's a, uh, Tricky times, but we're very committed. We believe that there is a, a need, um, and we think that we are hopefully on the cusp of signing up the first few pilot customers. How did you get yourself mentally in a spot five, six months ago to quit whatever you're doing and go to this full time? In other words, were you like, okay, I have X months of savings saved in the bank, or how did you do the risk mitigation? Yeah, I think it's a very good question, and I think that um, so we were almost. Uh, pushed in the situation in the sense that I wasn't, I've been on furlough since April. I live in a country where um, <laughs> they're very, very generous with the, with the furlough. Um, Which country are you in? Norway. Okay. Yeah. And I think that put me in a situation where I wasn't in a rush to look for anything else because I really liked the company I was working for, but I was also always interested in starting my own thing. Um, and then uh, my co-founder had just finished a, um, an incubator and uh, had decided not to join any of the groups. And therefore at that time we were both looking for the next thing to do. Um, and so I think it was, you know, I wish I could say that it was enforced, but it was probably, you know, a combination of factors put together that was the right, you know, it just was the right moment. 
And so how does furlough work? Once you're furloughed, the government in Norway still pays you money every month and you're sort of living off that plus your savings. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be a pattern post COVID. I wonder if there's going to be a lot of people in your shoes that got laid off. They have got revenue coming from the government for unemployment or furloughing. And so they say, you know what, let's launch our own business. I, 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 I think so. I, I, there's a, there's definitely been a spike of uh, startups in the last period. And I know this because uh, the, you know, the, the government, um, gives grants, uh, small grants for, for startups in Norway. And um, they had to change their policies because they just couldn't cope with the inflow of, of applications last year. Mm-hmm. And there's right. also a very big focus here because, you know, it's an oil company, a country. So there was a big focus on oil and gas. And of course, they're trying to get the, you know, the population to look at other sectors to grow. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Now, what do you anticipate charging when you do start asking for money for this? How do you think you'll structure it? Yeah. So I think I really like pricing and I think that there's a lot of... We all know, like pricing. We all like money. No, no. I said, no, no. I said, I like, I like the idea of having an innovative way of pricing. Sorry. That's ah, what I meant. You know? I see. And I, and I think, and I think um, initially, I think maybe at the very beginning, you have to go pretty standard and, you know, go for per seat per amount of maybe connections, uh, per maybe for amount of uh, ex- and data that you extract. Um, so I, I see a kind of a per user about $150 uh, per month for the super, super user, and then maybe something like $20 to $30 for the normal user. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, I think, I think this will be evolve uh, in the next six months as soon as we can test the market. Now I'm recording this in April. If I have you on in a couple of months in December of 2021, how many customers do you hope to have by then? You know, so when we, if you'd asked me this question in December of 2020, I would have said it would be great to have three pilot customers and then kind of launch properly, having really done really good Q&A with those pilot customers in Q4. With the interest we've seen so far, I'm kind of almost hoping 12, you know, 12, 12 customers, 150 bucks a month. So maybe two, three, four I grand. think the reality is I think that we will not be able to charge the first few pilot customers for the first few months because then they will really help us develop the product. So I think that right. starting to charge will, will be probably happening in Q4 realistically. So I think that, you know, you want to start from probably Q4 up to Q4 the year after to understand how much the turnover is per year. Most founders I've interviewed who are pre-revenue, the thing that determines when they want to start making money is usually has nothing to do with the business. It has everything to do with their personal situation. How long can they go not making money from the business? So my prediction for you is as long as you and your co-founder feel comfortable because you have furlough revenue and you're not feeling the crunch of your savings, you're not going to have the courage to really be aggressive with forcing people to start paying. You're going to let your early folks keep going along for free for a long period of time. So my question to you is, how long can you comfortably go along making no money from the business? Oh, I think my co-founder is like yesterday. He would say yeah. <laughs> and, and I think you know, and, and I, I am in the same position. I also think that you need to, you need, it's only fair to charge for a product. You know, I, I think that, of course, there's freemium, but I'm trying to say is once that initial period is passed. I think it's, it's, um, I think our product could deliver a significant value to, to our customers. So I think, um, no, I, I think we, we will have this discussion when we start out with the idea that if, after a few months we will start charging. 
Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, I'm rooting for you now. You guys have bootstrapped, right? Nothing yes. raised? Correct. I love that. And again, using the furlough, using your savings. I love that. Two of you guys on the team to date, hoping to get first paying customers here. Hopefully this year, uh, we will see what happens, Carla. Uh, in the meantime, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? <laughs> I think it's fortune favors the bold. It never dies. It's, a, it's always a good one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? I think there's just, um, just too many, you know, I, I follow a lot of podcasts, so uh, I, I can't quite choose, choose one. Yeah. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the business? You know, start with very simple things. I found Canva amazing. It's very easy to do things and just in mind to design our MVP. Um, yeah. And sales navigator. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? I don't know. Good good night, eight hours, a bad night, three. <laughs> and what's your situation, Carla? Married, single, kids? It's three kids. Three kids? Okay, married with three kids. And can I ask how old you are? Uh, 40. 40. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Trust the process. Trust, <laughs> trust the process. You might need, you know, you need that experience. She lives in Norway, was furloughed last year, and that furlough plus her savings gave her the confidence to find a co-founder and jump into DataBuddy.tech, her new business she's building, which helps you automate your ERP data and really get access to it, really unlock that data. They've got some pilot folks right now hoping to have their first paying customers at the end of the year this year here in 2021. They have bootstrapped to date. Carol, we're rooting for you. Thanks for taking us to the top. Thank you so much.